Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode is brought to you by Whoop, the personalized digital fitness and health coach. John John and Nathan Florence have both been using Whoop for over three years now to balance their training both in and out of the water. Now, Whoop is introducing the all-new Whoop 4.0, the latest, most advanced fitness wearable in the market. Monitor your recovery, sleep, training and health with personalized recommendations and coaching feedback with Whoop. Train smarter, recover faster, sleep better and now feel healthier with Whoop. The all-new 4.0 is smaller, smarter and designed with new biometric tracking including skin temperature, blood oxygen and more. The device also features an all-new smart alarm designed to wake you up feeling refreshed and ready to take on the day. Plus, it was designed with their Anywhere technology, so you can wear it with their Whoop body sensor enhanced technical garments. The all-new Health Monitor dashboard gives you a big picture look at your overall health. Monitor key metrics like heart rate, resting heart rate, heart rate variability, skin temperature, and blood oxygen levels. Plus, see improvements in irregularities and vital signs over time. You can even export 30-day health trends to share with your coach, trainer, PT, PCP, or physician. The all-new waterproof device is free when you sign up for a Whoop 4.0 membership. For any members, if you have six months left of your membership on your account, you can upgrade now and get the 4.0 for free. And right now, Whoop is offering 15% off when you use the code BEACHGRIT at checkout. Go to Whoop, W-H-O-O-P.com, and enter B-E-A-C-H-G-R-I-T at checkout to save 15%. Hello and welcome to Dirty Water, episode 48. I'm Derek Riley. I'm with Charlie Smith, and we hope you enjoy the biles and bubbles of our intellectual flatulence. Today's guest is a three-time NSSA champ with corn-coloured hair from Kauai, who, with a contented and dreamy look of the female suckling her young, has dominated some of the best waves in the world, including, but not limited to, Chopu, Skeleton Bay and Pipeline. To pay for his bread and butter and rent, our guest pivoted away from surf in 2015, winning the Man Ford Modelling Contest and a prized contract with Alexander Wang. Lately, he's entered the night thoughts of women, some boys, and innumerable non-binary sex pots worldwide with his mastery of reality television, first on The Runner and now The Ultimate Surfer. While it would be better, I think, for our guest to just marry a nice, clean girl from a good family and settle down on a ranch in the hills of Kauai, he is hell-bent on dragging himself around the loathsome WSL tour. Why? Let's ask. Koa Smith, how are you, mate? <laughs> <laughs> wow, what an intro. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm a little scared, but I'm excited. <laughs> oh, there's nothing scary here. So, <laughs> so tell us, Koa, why um, you, you know, you've had, had those uh, posts on uh, Instagram asking for the wild cards. Why are you so hell-bent on um, jumping on the tour? I don't know. I think it's just been like a childhood dream, you know. Um, I grew up surfing when Andy and Bruce were in their reign. Um, and I went to school next to Andy, so I'd see him like every day. And I just thought they were like superhumans, you know. And from a young age, I was like, that's what I want to do. Like, I want to be a professional surfer. Um, I want to be on the tour. And, um, I mean... A lot's changed since then, but I think competition for me gets me um, 
gets me so focused and so dialed in and it's like a, a very distinct purpose in my life um and i i really enjoy it so uh, to be able to compete on that level um and especially to be able to shortcut into that level um would be a, a dream come true so so talk about the ultimate surfer i mean god bless alejandro etc but it's always going to be between you and zeke what strategy did you have to take him down um i mean going against zeke was pretty intense i mean he's just a pretty intense human um and he's he doesn't make mistakes you know he's he's very like very smart and thinks everything through. Um, I personally felt like he was a better surfer than me to begin with. Um, so I was thinking that I needed to surf better than I've ever surfed before to be able to beat him. And I kind of like put together one of the best rides of my life kind of in that final. Um, and it just felt so good to be able to like, like step up to the pressure instead of like crumble under it. And that was just like such a good feeling for me. Did, did you, you like Surf Ranch? I, I did. Yeah, I, I liked it. It feels like a real barrel. The whole time we were surfing, though, there was, there was like a lot of pressure. It wasn't necessarily like fun. Like I couldn't just like, oh, let's see how deep I can get in this barrel. Oh, I fall. Oh, great. You know, I get another wave. It was it was very like you get one wave, like let's learn it as much as you can, as quick as you can and then be ready for whatever happens kind of thing. How many, how many waves would you surf per day there? I mean, did you guys, was it like four waves a day or what was it? Um, each challenge was different, but for instance, like we had a floater challenge and we got like two or I think maybe like one left, one, one left, two rights or like three waves total just to practice the floater. Um, so that's kind of how it was. Uh, each challenge was different, but we only got two to four waves to practice um, for each uh, challenge. Jeez, a floater challenge. That's a wild fucking challenge. Yeah. That was pretty funny. At first, we're like, oh, yeah, floater challenge. Like, what are we doing? And then we're out there and we're like, fuck, we got to do a floater on this wave? Like, it's kind of gnarly. How do, I mean, how do you do a floater on that wave, though? That wave doesn't doesn't serve itself up for a floater it was so weird like you had to like maintain your speed but then like get caught behind the section and like try to just get up on the lip the, the main part was definitely that end section and then it was like a pretty big drop to like get off of that um we saw kai barger and the they didn't show it in the in the contest but he like tried to float to the end section and like did the splits and like almost blew his knee out and we were just like, oh, shit, like, this is this is real right now. But why in the world did they make a floater? Like, that wave does is not a floater wave, right? Like, why did they make a floater <laughs> challenge? Why didn't they make, like, a tube time challenge or anything that would have been conducive to that wave? Floaters? No. Isn't floaters yeah, I mean, that they, they, I mean, so each challenge strung together different things. Like, there was the the variety challenge and the, the tube challenge, the floater, the um, big maneuver. So it kind of teed it up so that we ended up learning specifically different parts of the wave. And then the finals was like, okay, now put everything you learned together and just try to get the highest score, which, which made sense. What did you learn about the wave that you didn't know before you went there? 
I mean, yeah, I, I'd never been there before, so I was just tripping the whole time. The wave, like, it doesn't feel like an ocean wave. It feels more like a like a river wave, maybe. Like, sucks you, sucking you backwards instead of, like, projecting you forward. So, it's just, it was a whole nother game. It was, it was really, really weird. But once you're in the barrel, that was, like, fun. I was, like... It gave you that little kid feeling of like, oh my god, I'm in the barrel. <laughs> was it a, was it a skeleton bay esque kind of feeling? You know, I kind of the of of course later made the left shittier, but <laughs> the left when it was barreling because it was very wind dependent, um, I did feel a little skeleton bay esque. I was just like, oh yes, I'm home. <laughs> what was what was the wind doing when you guys were there? Was it blowing? What it, the typical is? It blows what? It blows south, right? Typically, I don't know what the direction would be, but it was flying offshore on the on the rights, um, and then it would be onshore on the lefts. But then, like, it was in the middle of nowhere, so there's a lot of like a lot of quick wind change. So I noticed, like, when I was really figuring out. You had to like look at the flags right before the wave came and like figure out how hard it's blowing. Um, and that would actually determine on how much the wave changed, which was trippy. Did did the wavelength uh, give you strange kinks? I mean, I was just there. I'll brag about my surf ranch experience. Uh, and like I would go <laughs> into my first my first move. And then think, oh, wait, I have like a minute 30 left to try to do something. Like, we're in the ocean. I'm just looking at a section, right? There's just yeah. like going forever. And it felt so weird to try to time anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, showing up and seeing it, how big the lake is at first and with my own eyes, I was tripping. Like, you can barely see the person taking off at the other side. So that was, that was mind-blowing. Was that but... What was that? It's ridiculous how big that joint is. Yeah, it's ridiculous, huh? And then, and then the whole time you're overwhelmed because you don't want to fall. You don't want to mess up because you can't just get another wave, you know? So there's, I don't know, it's, it's pretty stressful. But the whole time for me, I was like, as soon as I learn this wave, because you got, there's so many factors. There's the net. You're surfing towards a net. You're like, what is, what's going on? Am I going to hit this thing? Like, is the wave going to close out? Like, what's going on? When does it barrel? When can I do a turn? When do I have to slow it down? So for me, it was like figuring out, like figuring out the wave as quick as I could. And then it took me a long time. Once I finally figured out like, oh, it barrels when I see this or like, this is a turn section. You know what I mean? That really helped me. You didn't have Ramona on the ski behind you screaming, barrel, 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 barrel. <laughs> no, no, no one was allowed to say anything. We were on our own. So with the with the first barrel on the right, there's like a little um, sort of channel thing, isn't there, when it first starts to pop up, huh? Yeah, there's like a lifeguard stand that I always always look at. Um, but I, at the end, I got it down. I was like, okay, you can do three turns, and then it's gonna barrel for a while, and then you can do three to four turns, and then you're gonna hit the end section. So once were I you got on that down? I was like, okay. Were you on CT two or CT three the whole time? CT three, the whole time except for the tube challenge, they went down to CT two. What's the difference, Chaz? You fucking know everything. I'm an expert now, Derek. Uh, CT three opens up in the middle, and so you have more wave to work with, where it just has that end barrel section. And CT two barrels in the middle, and then also at the end. 
They so say CT2, CT3 is like more rippable, but yep. really like the right, it still barrels so hard that it doesn't change it too much. But I would say CT2 is like barreling so hard that you, can, you can't really like turn. You're just getting drained. Wow. Were you, af- were you afraid that um, because, because the contest was going to come out between you and Zeke that, you, uh, that he was going to monster you like he did to John John Bells? <laughs> no, I was in my own program. Nothing could have affected me. I was just in my own world. Were you living alone in a little caravan? Yeah, I had my own, my own little Airstream. Um, they encouraged us to all like hang out, which we were. Because we're, we're all friends. I mean, I've been competing against Zeke since I've been five years old. So we all know each other so well. Um, that we were like mingling and hanging. Who's who's your best friend there? What's that? Who's your best friend there? Who'd you like the most? Uh, I I think Luke Davis is probably my best friend there. Um, we just traveled in my recent years, traveled together so much. Um, but then yeah, Kai, Mason, um, Zeke—they're all like super close to me as well. So it was it was kind of it was interesting. It was it was hard to like. I don't know. Uh, be selfish in some of the some of the challenges and like who to choose and or not to choose and just like I had to be extremely selfish for. I don't know. I'm not really a selfish person, so it was a little hard for me, especially against my friends. You had so. to break Luke Davis's heart, didn't you? To break Luke's heart, Kai's heart. <laughs> Have you? Anastasia had- said. Anastasia said uh, that like they drained you guys so much during the day that it was hard to hang out at night that her as an expert uh in reality television thought it would have been better if you they would have given you guys enough energy to hang out at night were were you drained at the end of the night yeah it was pretty gnarly because it was so hot it was summertime in in lamore so it was like 110 degrees um and we basically we didn't there was nothing to do, so we just like sit in the hot living room and just like sweat and like, try to catch flies and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and by the end of the day, we we're just like, "I'm going to sleep. I'm so cooked right now." Jesus. So um, the winner of Alto Surf, um, Zig, got three wildcards for the 2022 tour. Can you explain to the listeners what happens to those wildcards now that Zig is qualified for the tour by the Challenger Series? Well, I mean, I guess technically, because Zeke forfeits the three wild cards, they go back to WSL, and WSL can do whatever they want with them. That's not fair. <laughs> You're in a competition. I, mean, so, I know, I know. There's so much like, there's so much heat on the whole wild card space right now. I mean, with the with the Challenger series and, um, like just that whole factor of if if one of the top 10 qualifies on the CT as well, like Kanoa, instead of bumping up 11th place, um, that just frees up another wild card for WSL. So there's like a bunch of wild card tension right now. Um, but I don't know. I was like, because I didn't win, I was like, oh, shoot. Like I was so close to my goal and dreams. Like I almost got it. And I was like, wait, like what if Zeke qualifies? So I've been thinking about this for a very, very long time. 
and watching his heats like every heat and then and then it happened and I was just like oh my gosh is this gonna happen right now and I did that Instagram post just to like just to put it out there you know because a lot of people were asking me it was really cool to see all the support from everyone but in the end it's it's up to WSL to see uh who they want to put in there so it'll be interesting they might still they might still give it to me yeah, it's up to, I feel it's up to the people. I mean, I feel you did a great job of putting pressure on initially. And now we just got to keep the pressure on. Like shaming the WSL is the only thing that works, right? And shaming them <laughs> into giving you the wild cards. It's going to work. We got this. Come on. What else, what else, what's, what's the next chapter? For you? How do we keep this going? I mean, we do this podcast. Uh, and then we just keep throwing fire on. I'll text my good friend Elo after we're done here and say, come on, you did a dirty Tacoa. And then we'll just keep, <laughs> this is like pressure. It's a pressure game. It's easy. All right. Let's do it. Sakara, imagine um, you're in a room with Elo and he says, present your case. Convince me. Because you're very good in front of the camera as an ultimate surfer. So convince me. I'm Elo. Chaz is Elo. Convince us. Um, I don't know. I would say that I would say that I was pretty freaking exciting on the Ultimate Surfer and I proved that I can not only bring like some flavor to the CT but I can also compete against the best guys in the world and I don't know. I feel like I'd make it make it more interesting for people. Come on, come on. That wasn't really <laughs> better than that. Come on. Yeah, fucking hell. Jesus. Whatever the karate stuff <laughs> doing shit. Your golden skin and your karate things, your hair pulled back. Looking a million dollars. I'm not, I'm not a convincer. I like I like just letting my um letting yeah, my who I am speak for myself, I guess. No, you, you love getting you love lighting up. <laughs> Do you, you, okay, if you're in, if you're in, say the gays said, okay, you got your wild cards, but you're going to have to pay us 50 grand unless you like make a name for yourself here. Like you've got to win heats. We'll give them to you, but you have to pay us back if you don't. Do you believe in yourself enough? Like, Uh, I mean, not necessarily winning, but like getting through enough to like where you not just losing in your wild card first round heat, right? That's always what happens. Wild cards come in, they lose first round, off you go. I'd have to say it depends where it's at. I mean, if I got a Bell's wild card, I would be like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best. I mean, if the waves are bigger and I can do big backhand turns, like I'd feel super confident. But if it was like Pipe or Chopo or Portugal or G Land or any of those like kind of bigger reeler waves, then yeah, hundred percent. What are the three you would take? Um, yeah, probably like pipe chopes, G land, but I love Portugal too. Cause it's like those kind of unpredictable beach breaks. Like I grew up in that shit. So that's like my, that's my thing. <laughs> so, um, let, let's imagine it's, um, you and world title contender at uh, 10 foot chopes. It's, um, let's say Philippe Toledo, you and Philippe Toledo at 10 foot chopes. Do you think you can beat him? 100%. Really? Yeah. yeah, there we go. That's the confidence I want to see. Yeah, hundred percent. I think I could compete against anyone at at Chopes and 
in those at, at pipe for sure, tropes for sure. Like barrel riding's my thing. And I mean, I'd like to beat John out there. I'd like to beat Slater out there. I'd like to beat the best. Um, I feel like I thrive against like who I'm competing against. And it makes me like, I mean, I, I kind of felt it in Ultimate Surfer again. Um, but when there's people that I think are like kind of on another level, I know I need to bring that next level. Um, and I, I'm able to like tap into an extra kind of extra level. So especially if the waves are firing. I mean, come on. <laughs> when, you, when you hit that extra level, what does it feel like? What are you telling yourself in your head? Um, I mean, my body feels good. My mind is like very, like very stable and very, very present. And I'm just thinking about the wave that I want to get. And I'm just like in the flow. Like there's no, there's not much like stress or like, thinking of outcome it's just like i'm right here 100 percent invested and i would like it's almost like i feel like it's in battle like i would die in this moment and be okay with it like it's that like spartan mentality and we're not on tour already (laughs) how are you not on tour already with that mentality (laughs) um i don't i did the i did the qs for like maybe like four years and I, was, I honestly forgot how to surf because I was surfing shit the worst waves trying to figure out how to get sixes and I was spending so much time doing that that I just forgot how to surf and I was like my I was losing sponsors my pay was going down and I was just like this is not like good for me um so I tried to take a different route I tried to go kind of the YouTube free surfer route, make videos of scoring waves and surfing waves and pushing my own boundaries. Um, And then now that that's grown and got me some stability, I feel like it gives me less pressure on contests. Um, And it's also bought me a lot of time to be able to free surf and get better at surfing. Um, Like I don't have any pressure to surf anymore. Like I just surf for fun and work on what I want to work on. And then when a contest comes around, I'm just like, oh, like my, I'm comfortable with my boards. I'm strongest, stronger than I've ever been. My mind feels good. Like I know how to surf. Like I know what I'm doing. Let's go, you know. So the, the WSL describes you as one of the best surfing talents of your generation. Um, so say, sorry, say that again. The, the WSL describes you as one of the best surfing talents of your generation. So what sort of success do you think you might have in the Wait, say, say that end part again. Sorry. Oh, again, kind of successful. Feedback shit happening. Mm. Um, so the, the WSL CEO Eric Logan describes you as one of the best surfing talents of your generation. Therefore, what sort of success can you imagine you might have on the tour? I've, I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna. I'm honestly not like. I would say certain parts of my surfing is potentially up there with the best. I think that I have a lot of room for improvement. Um, Like on my turns and stuff, I would say I'm probably not the best, but I can boost airs and I can get barreled. Um, But I think that it's part of that, like realizing that I can compete on that level. And I just need to put in the time to develop these different parts of my surfing um and just put in the time to 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 like round myself out 
So that's kind of what I'm working on right now. And what, where how, does that how do, you, how do you do that though? Like, what's the, is it a coach? Is it like, I mean, if you feel like I got to get better at turns, what do you, Coa Smith, do? Um, I go out and I do turns. <laughs> but then like video, have somebody video and watch and see, yeah, okay. Yeah, I was... yeah. I mean, you, I go out and I do turns. Um, if I was going to get a wild card, I'd definitely get on coaching regimen, um, work with a coach like two to three times a week, watch a lot of surf films, analyze my footage in slow motion. Um, and then just like learning how to do better turns and um it's all about just like what did i just do and what did that look like and what was right and what was wrong um and then just adding on to that and that confidence how? you know because i mean surfing such a searching surfing such an interesting thing like you can you can be your own coach it's just about like being very disciplined with your surfing and not just like pumping to the end section and trying to do a backflip every wave you know how hard is it to change your body mechanics though like you personally like thinking okay here comes this wave. Uh, my knee was, you know, whatever, whatever the kinks were like, and to mm. iron them out in real time. I mean, have you found success doing that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just, yeah, a lot of repetition, you know, a lot of repetition. Cause I mean, you, you know how it is when you surf, like you kind of black out when you're on a wave. Like, like I don't even know what just happened. So it takes it takes a lot of like really good self awareness to figure out why is my style so bad when I do that. <laughs> What's and how do like, I change that? What if you were where you're at now? You're on the North Shore. You said. Mm -hmm. If you're gonna go work on turns, where would you paddle out to just work on turns? Um, I've been serving rocky rights and lefts a lot because it just like it provides lefts and rights and a lot of variety in a session. So, yeah, it's just getting into that mindset. Like right now, I don't, I mean, before all of this, I didn't really have a reason to like work on my weak points, but like I can just go out and surf whatever I want. If I want to do a 360 in the barrel, like I'm going to do that. Um, but now it's like, okay, I'm going to go out and it's more work. So it's more like, yeah, what's my weak points? Work them. Tell us about your uh, your modeling stint. Do you still walk? And can you do that brooding to frivolous yeah. smile thing? Um, I basically won that um, like the men's award and got signed with Ford. And then um, because it was sponsored by Hurley, they they um, like blocked pretty much all modeling gigs I could do um, because it was like direct competition. Um, and now I'm able to do that. Like I have a deal with Hurley where I'm allowed to actually uh, model for different brands. So it's kind of starting back up. But I mean, as a surfer, like I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make money in as many different ways as I can. You know, I'm not trying to like, I don't want to surf as a job. Like I want to be making money elsewhere so that I can have less pressure when I'm surfing, you know, it's hard. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to just be a burnt out pro surfer one day. I want to like. Well, that's inevitable though. <laughs> I'll be burnt out. <laughs> Old is, leatherback turtle. Is there, is there any similarities to like walking, walking runway and dropping in? 
I've never I've never rock walked runway before, but I've done like photo shoots and stuff and I mean it's just like a weird uncomfortable thing that you have to like be confident with yourself and face what's going on and be very present. So that that's the similarity, I guess. Um it definitely is scary and weird. It gives you like this like heartbeat, like adrenaline feeling for sure. Um so that's that's the similarity, I think. What are the uh, what are the treacherous snares the knives that a boy might be caught in in that business? In the business of modeling? Yeah. Um I don't know, just yeah, working with like kind of potentially creepy people that want to do interesting things, but I've never had to experience any of that, luckily. <laughs> you must get a you must get, you must get a few guys going, hey Cora, I get to that country, suck, suck, suck my dick. Have you seen Squid Games? I would, huh? Yeah, I have. Very similar modeling, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Some fat <laughs> fat dudes just lay, lounging around. Handsome boy comes oh in. Oh my oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess so. Crazy yes. Yes. You know, sir. <laughs> we know what's up, brother. Uh, Chess is up. Chess put his daughter in the modeling, didn't you, mate? I sure did try. I sure did try. I and really, you're modeling really... too. What? You were modeling too when you went through the weightlifting thing. Yeah, totally. I did a whole series for Flaunt Magazine of becoming a male model, Koa. Maybe you read nice. it. Maybe you were inspired by my <laughs> turn as a model. <laughs> <laughs> what what stopped you being ugly <laughs> wow yeah you, you wouldn't know, you wouldn't know about that would you <laughs> yeah Koa has no idea what that even means what is it what, what is what is an ugly i don't know what an ugly is. <laughs> i'd like to think bra- I, i'd like to think braces for all my success because before braces it was it was a wild wild scene <laughs> yeah, you would have wild teeth, huh? I just had like these crazy buck teeth that like borderline pointed upwards. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, but your cheekbones are there from birth, weren't they? Uh sure. Yeah, can't buy those. Can't buy those. All the braces in the world won't get you cheekbones. Got to keep clenching your jaw for years. <laughs> <laughs> But wait, so after after Ultimate Surfer, though, like you going on and saying, I want these wild cards, sort of surprised me in terms of they are by right yours, I think. I'm going to keep fighting for you, Koa Smith. Not only are we related, but also uh, you really want it. I felt something like I was like, why would he care? Like, who who wants that? But you actually want it, don't you? This is not this was I... not some publicity play. No, I mean, I, I want them. I was so close to tasting them. It was like point, point, who knows, like super close. Um, and that kind of ignited that feeling in me. I was like, whoa, what if I did? What if I could get in it? So I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. I'm just going to keep um, just trying to get better at surfing until, until it happens. Do you think you got a tour? I mean, a theoretically a uh, championship in you? Like a world championship? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Really? But if, well, like, well, if you don't well, think that about that, why get on tour? 
<laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just, I watched Italo and, and Gabriel, and they're just next level humans. But I don't know. You know, if, if it became the priority and life turned into let's become a world champion, then I think that I could potentially do it. But that's like, do you want to do that commitment? And why do you want to do that? There's a lot of questions. But then why be on tour? Like, if I mean, I suppose there's a lot of reasons to be on tour, right? Like, but if you don't think you can actually win and take people out, why do it? I think that I could win and take people out. I think it'll be more of a, a test of, of a test for myself to see how far I can take it. Um, I'm not just going to be like, yeah, I can win a world championship, you know, but I don't know what I'm capable of. I think for sure in certain conditions, like I can, I could win a CT and to win one would be like, oh my God, craziest success. Just check off my bucket list ever. But to, keep putting it together and beat John and Gabriel and Italo, that would take a lot of growth for me. I mean, John's a cripple. Italo has relationship problems. <laughs> uh, Gabriel looks pretty good. I'll give you that Gabriel's one. Gabriel's retired. <laughs> yeah, Gabriel's retired. Yeah, you're, I mean, it's wide open. <laughs> so if Just, those three disappear, then maybe. <laughs> they're gone. They're already disappeared. You're good to go. <laughs> oh, man. Derek, what would how much money would you put on Koa if if Koa got into every CT this year? Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Would you put any money on Koa to take the whole thing? Win the world title. Yeah, win a world title. (laughs) Koa Smith world Uh, title, twenty twenty two. It depends on the odds. One, you could put one dollar and you get paid a lot of money. Is it a thousand one? Is it a thousand one odds? Yeah, thousand one odds. It might be. It might be more. Ooh. Thousand to one's pretty tempting. Uh, I, I could have, I'd put a hundred bucks, ten to one, a thousand to one, hundred bucks for a thousand to one. That's a hundred thousand dollars. Damn it! I mean, I'm we get a lot of hates with that. Thinking Imagine Cohen. if you put a thousand bucks. You yeah. should put money on yourself too. <laughs> who? Okay, who do you want as your coach? Who's like, if we're really gonna do this now, we're getting serious. Who's your coach? Do you get Snips? Do you get uh, Miss Williams? Gert? Andy Ooh. King, which one? You get your pick of the litter. Of I don't the coaching know. Books. That'd be interesting. So I, I've done a little work with Shane Beshin, and I feel like he is the most like technical, like style, um, like really helps with that. Um, I've done a lot of work with Barton Lynch, and he's like very, like spiritual, like, like. Um, like think about what you want and picture it and like he had a bunch of really cool different like drills you can do to get confident with your own surfing and that really helped me um but I, yeah I don't know I got I was born and raised I'm born and raised I, I started getting coached by Ben Ipo when I was six years old until until he passed away recently um so going from that to something else is a little trippy but I'd have to I'd have to think about that Ross Williams is my next door neighbor, so maybe I could just knock on his door. He's probably he's probably eating if you knock on his door. <laughs> he, he loves he loves to eat that guy. Hey, so so um, Kyle, you grew up in Kauai, I guess you know, in the shadow of the Irons Brothers and under the 
under the loving fist of the wolf pack. What was that like? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was wild. Kauai was a really wild spot. Um, getting to surf with Andy and Bruce and like Chava and Kyborg and like just in Kalaw and seeing all those guys, but they like kind of, they like kind of had your back because from, you're from Kauai, but like constantly testing you and just like, I don't know. It was wild. Um, a lot of, and, and they weren't even like the rulers, like the real rulers were like, these just uncles you've never heard of from Kauai, you know? And we like, weren't allowed to surf certain spots, but then we just do it anyways and get yelled at until we just slowly got accepted. And, um, uh, it was, it was wild and scary for sure. What were some of the tests? What sort of, how would they test you? Um, I mean, it was just like learning the respect of surfing and like, staying as far out of their way as possible and um, not paddling for any other waves, no matter how many waves they caught and just being patient and quiet, (laughs) but also like showing them that you will go on like the gnarliest wave that comes in. Um, And then as soon as you started proving yourself that way, then they like started respecting me, um, which was cool. Do you, do you have a like, keen memory of a time where you're sitting there and one of them hoots you in to just a straight close out dredger over dry reef um yeah yeah i was um i think i was like 11 years old i was surfing this wave on Kauai that's called beep and it's like a sick kind of chopo-esque wave um and just this perfect wave came in and i didn't go on it and one of the boys was just like, what the fuck? Like, you can't let those waves go by. I don't care how young you are or where you are. Like, you can't let those things go. Like, yelled at me and my friends. We're just like, oh, shit, okay. It was already, like, maybe kind of too big for us. And then 10 minutes later, the same wave comes in, and I just, like, turn around and just go and just, like, got the absolute barrel of my life and got spit out. And I was just like, okay. Like, I understand. <laughs> and they were just like so psyched on me. And after that, I was just like, yeah, sick. <laughs> I, I understand how to do this. <laughs> you just go and sacrifice your life. <laughs> they respect you. And so that, that pretty much set you off on a lifelong search for barrels, huh? Pretty much, yeah. And I mean, surfing's kind of like an addictive drug, you know, Um it gives you this adrenaline and then and then you want it again and again and again and then the waves aren't always good and then it starts just controlling your life and then <laughs> it's pretty crazy. See, so, so you so, you got chance? Sorry. No, so back to Lamore though. Now you have a place where you're always chasing these waves that aren't always so good. You have this wave that's always there on demand. If you could, if Kelly Slater came to you, Coa Smith, and said, Hey. I've got a airstream set up for you. You live here. You can serve as many ways as you want, just like help around with the place. Would you do it? Would you move to Lemoore to surf Kelly Slater's surf ranch nonstop? For how long? Uh, let's say the contract is nine months. You can't leave. You gotta, you <laughs> no, gotta touch. no way. No I mean, way. You get some good food. You get the airstream, but it's as many ways. It's, you're literally, you know, there's like a bunch of rich kooks in there who... You honestly can take any <laughs> waves you want off any of those guys. It's just like go up, paddle into any wave you want. You would say no. Nine months. I, I would say no. Absolutely. Uh, six months. Okay. I, I, 
you drive a hard bargain. I would do it. I, I would do it for a month. That's it. <laughs> In some That's it. One month. I don't know. Derek there's Hel- something. There's something about just surfing in in the wild and getting a good wave and just like I don't know. There's more to just like drop in, left back, left back, and oh, I got barreled and ah. Oh. There's more more to surfing than that. I like to go out and want that and get absolutely skunked, <laughs> and then the next section session maybe get one section. Yeah, it's exciting. Yes. Derek, how long would you go to Lamore for? How long would, if it was the same offer, Koa's one month bid, not good enough. Derek Riley goes over to you. Just oh, yeah, like Koa's one Yeah, I'd move there permanently. Like forever. The rest per- of your life. Permanently. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd get a place at Touch. I'd get a um, have a bar tab at Tachi. And uh, <laughs> just, yeah, days at the pool, nights at Tachi, and um, just living the dream, man. <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful place. Beautiful people. You really, you really missed out on my session, Derek. Uh, yeah, I've seen the photos. I've seen the blurry and grainy photos. <laughs> <laughs> no, no video footage. Yes. We had a hell time. Oh, my God. But, because you've ridden lots of barrels and you know, you've ridden them with little cameras on your head and shit, what have you discovered about the art of tube riding from, from all your time inside? Um, what have I discovered? Um, or is there nothing to just know? There, there's no, there's there's no bend at the waist, bend at the waist, not at the knees. <laughs> there's still just nothing like it. Like, there's no feeling that gives you a feeling like that. Um, and you can never be like too focused, and it'll you'll always mess up, and you can never master it. I think that's what's so exciting about it. Does time really stand still? Yeah, I mean, it just disappears. It speeds up. It dis- it goes still. You you don't remember what happened at all. And it's such a weird thing. Can, can you, you hear snowboard it? too? Yeah, Koa? Oof, I've only snowboarded twice in my life. Okay, I thought you did more. Like I'm always vaguely comparing uh, snowboarding powder and surfing, where mm-hmm. surfing always just vacates from my mind where I always love snowboarding because you could be halfway down a run like a powder run and realize, Oh, I'm in this and experience it. I've never once, I don't think experienced a wave. I think, I think that's one thing about skeleton Bay that you can do is that you're in the barrel for so long that you're like, Oh wait, like I'm in the barrel. <laughs> like you can actually I, feel I in the barrel. That, yeah. You can feel it. You can look different places and, um, yeah, learn how to go over foam balls and, yeah. How do you go over foam balls? You lift your nose up Hmm. so that your board gets shot up instead of down, and then you just keep it up as long as you can. And sometimes you just keep going over the whole foam ball and and land it. It's like doing a floater inside of a barrel they should have just like yeah surf ranch yeah surf ranch there's no fun that's what i learned at the surf ranch (laughs) (laughs) so uh, what was your most profound moment in the tube was there one moment that that just um you know remains with you after all these years um specific one that comes to memory is skeleton bay um so it was on a rising swell 
and there was like some solid waves coming in, like solid six foot, eight foot waves coming in. Um, I was riding this little five, five rad ripper, like a super small board. But as soon as I could stand up, it was like a skateboard. Like I could go so fast and I barely caught this wave. I actually had one of those GoPro poles on the back of my, uh, on my back. And it was like a full chest mount, which impaired my paddling even more. Um, barely got into this wave and it just looked like a closeout. And it was kind of like a sizable wave. So you're like, you're kind of like, oh shit. Like, I don't want to make a mistake and fall. Um, so I just gave it all I had and I, I floated this foam ball for like a while and like just full time was like, I'm not going to make it, but I'm not going to give up. And then it like barely let me on the other side of the foam ball and I was matching the speed of the barrel. So the wave was just exploding, like in my vision where I still couldn't really see. And then I made that section and that was just like to, to overcome that, um, where you think you're just not going to make it at all, but you somehow do. Um, that's a pretty, pretty cool moment. Which of your um, video clips is that one? Of your many? Um, I can send it to you. I think it's, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'll send it to you. Yeah, send it it's to one me. Of the th- one of the three. Viral. Okay. Co-op, last question here. You've been an ultimate surfer. Uh, you've done the QS. What is the future of like the ideal future of professional surfing? Where do you see it going? But like, ideally, where should it go? Um, like for me or for surfing in general? Oh, let's go both. Professional surfing... Hmm. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how far people are pushing it. Um, as far as like entertainment goes, I do really like what Stab's doing with their like Stab High kind of, it's almost like a reality TV show, but it's like very real and very personal. Um, the tour is just going to keep, hopefully stay together and keep evolving surfing. Um, I feel like, having the tour is giving people like a direct purpose to push their limits and sacrifice their knees every session. Um, And that's like helping evolve surfing a lot, but I don't really know if it'll ever get to such a mainstream audience that everyone understands what surfing is. And I think that's what a lot of people are trying to get it to. Um, So what would you, would you like break down the tour? Like if you could design your own tour then to actually resonate with the mainstream audience, what would it be? Well, I just think that the mainstream audience like wants to see, okay, so why do, why do shows like Love Island and like these love shows do so good? I think it's because everyone, everyone can relate to love. Everyone can relate to relationships and trying to pick up on a woman or a man and that feeling it gives you. But not everyone can relate to surfing and why it's so intense and why we love it and why we dedicate our lives to it. You know what I mean? So that's forever going to be a, uh, a gap that's going to be really hard to bridge, you know, until there's wave pools everywhere and everyone is friends with someone that's a surf psycho. 
And, and what, about you? And what, what about you? Let's presume the wildcards don't happen. So what happens now? More unboxing videos, GoPros and tubes? <laughs> Ooh. There was a, a Beach Creek commenter said the ideal thing would be to have Elo uh, have you unbox your wildcard jerseys. That would be peak <laughs> internet right there. <laughs> that would be peak internet right there. Oh, man. I don't know. For me, I'm going to keep doing my thing. I'm going to keep my YouTube channel going um keep surfing my best and maybe try to get into acting or something that scares me um and just keep expanding um i don't really want to just be a surfer um but, but surfing is so such a passion for me that i want to be doing it and be able to enjoy it for my whole life like i've been focusing on my youtube channel and it's like um taking away from how much i enjoy surfing um, it's becoming more of a job and stuff like that. So I just, I'm How's still figuring it out. How's YouTube your channel's going, going good. I'm getting like a nice little, nice little flow of followers, 120,000 subscribers or something like that. Bad. Um, uh, Nathan Florence? No, I think Nate's Nate, Jamie, Koa, they're kind of the most, um, but yeah. I don't know. Just having fun with it. So we'll see what happens here. All right. Anything else um, exciting or tell us? Oh, maybe, maybe one more play. Cause your first play to Elo was pretty shit. You want to have another, now you've had a little chance to warm up a little play to Elo, direct to camera. Elo is sitting in front of you. Wildcards go. Elo, you know what to fucking do. You saw what I can do. You see what I'm capable of. Put me in. Wildcard, Chopo, Pipe, Portugal, Gland, and I'll take some monsters down. Let's fucking go. <laughs> there we go. That's yeah. it. That's That's the the one. Was like a, that was like an 80%. I'll give that an 80%. That's, That's the one, though. We can, we can push you all over the, over the line on this one. I have faith. I'm going to text <laughs> you right now. <laughs> oh, right. my gosh. Hey, thanks, Carl. That was rad. Yeah, no worries, you guys. Thanks that. for taking your time to fucking listen to me. <laughs> Oh, love you, Coach Smith. Always love you, Coach Smith. Yeah. Chaz, maybe I'll see you at Delilah's again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Delilah's or at Stinking. Were you at Michael Schwab's house, too? Did you miss no. Michael Schwab's house party? I did. I was not there. I'm in Hawaii. Oh, man. Get Luke Davis to <laughs> give you some better invites. <laughs> oh, man. All right, man. All right you bro. guys. See you, bros. Okay, talk soon. Let's keep pushing this thing. Oh, yeah. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.